And welcome back to another episode of Super Serious Dog Podcast. Today we have a super special guest for you guys, Nelson Hodges from the Canine Human Relationship Institute. So welcome, Woo! Nelson. Thank you. <laughs> Glad to be on. Um, we actually tried to record with Nelson a few weeks ago, but um, his reception was very poor out at his uh, facility because he has this amazing facility where... Um, he teaches a lot of courses and um, gets to spread his knowledge. And um, one of the cool things about that is you connect to dogs on a whole nother level. Um, so it's kind of a good thing that reception sucks out there. <laughs> so well, no, I don't want to be distracted from anything on that. So, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So, Nelson, go ahead. Why don't you tell our listeners a little bit about yourself? Um, so you were how, born on no. how little, yeah, <laughs> how, how little do you want me to tell? Uh, <laughs> tell us about your, your background. Cause so one of the cool things about Nelson, everybody is that he has studied, um, wolves. Um, he works with Huskies. He, um, has an Institute where instead of teaching you obedience and dog training and all that kind of cool stuff, he essentially teaches you how to um, live and breathe and think like a dog and look through the world through their eyes. So, Nelson, how did you get from you being born to you being the wolf guy who has this cool ass institute? How do you go from that? Uh, a long journey, a very long journey. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, I guess the pertinent, pertinent parts of those things are some of the following um always had uh growing up always had uh, dogs cats birds pet duck all sorts of things and uh and actually by the time i was nine or ten people were bringing me animals to rehabilitate actually and um so i worked with them in certain ways and uh, kind of developed a, a way to reach any type of animal that, uh, that dealt with a lot of, um, I will say, empathy, not sympathy. Mm. And the empathy is uh, understanding what they are uh, sensing. I will put it that way, not necessarily feeling, but sensing and understand uh, the predator-prey aspect of uh, whether that was predator or prey and whether they saw me as predator or prey. And uh, I guess uh, <clears throat> part of the learning process, uh, I was always, always an athlete. I, uh, as I grew up, um, competition sports weren't really my thing, even though I did play uh Football a long time through college was supposed to go to pros, got injured, didn't happen. Um, uh, wrestled, uh, boxed, and uh, then was at the end of my boxing career, which was age 16. Um, I got into martial arts, specifically hand to hand combat jujitsu, not sports stuff, not this modern thing. 
And so learning since that time, I, uh, especially when I got injured, I focused all of my, um, that was my junior year in, in um, college. And uh, I focused all of my uh, physical as- efforts, I guess you'd say, on martial arts. And the martial arts aspect taught me about the mentality of predator-prey, the composure that you need, uh, no matter what happens, and uh, to, to be able to handle it and provide the right answers. And um, so... I, I can hear your jobs groaning. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> Sounds like there's monsters of, under your desk. <laughs> <laughs> I have a couple of knuckleheads playing they're, together here. They're groaning about your story. They're like, oh, <laughs> dad, we've heard this so many times. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You can certainly interpret it that way. You can also interpret that they're just having yeah. fun at my expense. Um, yeah. It sounds like you've always had. You've, you've always had a strong sense and a strong drive to continue exploring your sense of self and your self-awareness of how you impact your environment, right? So intuitively. It's really about understanding. It's really about understanding nature, the nature yeah. of things and understanding yeah. nature for what it is right. present itself, not what we want it to be. And so understanding that plus, um, I guess the other pertinent part is the background in human psychology and biology, understanding the brain, how it works, the types of uh, types of things necessary to uh, <laughs> uh, to understand what's actually going on inside the brain of not just humans but other animals. And so I started translating what I understood about that and. Uh, and influencing others through psychological operations work. Um, and, you know, one of the things that we were told early on in that in PSYOP was never tell a lie because once you're found out, uh, they won't ever believe you. So we didn't. We never told a lie. And that's the whole point of everything. It's the same thing with dogs. You don't want to trick or quote unquote lie to them or fake them out or try to um, distract them or anything else. You're there to help guide them to to know. So, uh, you know that that began a process. Oh, I don't know, forty something years ago, of learning what that really meant with canines um, and working with canines. Um, for a long time, uh, specifically canines, probably for the past 30 something years, uh, to the exclusivity of other animals. So there you go. There you go. Um, what was sort of like the birth or the, when did you conceptualize the Institute and what made you want to form that? Um, well, actually it was the, the, the impetus has always been there. My, once I once I learned something well enough to begin sharing information with people, um, I, I, I guess because of my background, my understanding and how I relate uh, to other animals, including humans, um, a lot of what I saw was a lot of my best use was teaching 
past the point of doing was teaching. Mm. And um, <laughs> really, guys, <laughs> hey, that's enough. And so, um, you know, whether it was teaching you know, architecture or martial arts or, uh, you know, things like race driving, we used to teach, we, we taught race driving, but we also created an instructor core that we taught instructors how to be better instructors and drivers. So, yeah, um, and that all had to do with not just go fast and stick your foot through the firewall, you know, on, with the on juice. It, uh, it had to do with human psychology perception and motion and movement. So physics, dynamics, et cetera. And what we taught was as much a, um, a graduate level understanding of yourself and how you relate to things as, uh, as anything we do at the Institute. So that impetus, impetus has always been there of wanting to help others and teach. And so, you know, the concept of the Institute itself came about probably 10, 12 years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, seeing uh, the preponderance of, I will say, uh, gaps of, of knowledge and understanding out there on the uh, social media sites and mm-hmm. internet, uh, you know, email groups and all that stuff, uh, shaking my head going, well, there's a lot of not just misunderstanding, but no concept of, of uh, aspects that I felt would help others, especially in you know dog training, dog behavior, uh, those sorts of things. So about uh, five, four or five years ago, I guess um, now, uh, I I, you know, I have done workshops since probably 1991 for a number mm-hmm. of. Uh, different subjects and the latest subjects matter uh, the RVBM relationship-based behavior modification relationship-based training if you want to call it that which is what I developed over mm, decades um, that's what I started doing workshops or, and going around the world teaching that and I happen to have two people on the same night from two different workshops um over time call me on that evening and you know everybody said yeah we want to know more we want to know more and i just i went yeah yeah i get it you know so what you know shrug my shoulders and go on but they both called me up and uh it wasn't a coordinated uh, effort it just happenstance and they both put it to me different ways than anybody else had we had you know hour-long conversations each and the one that, that probably slapped me upside the head enough to say, okay, I get it, was uh, I was told uh, in no uncertain terms, look, we want, you, we, want, we want to learn from you before you die. <laughs> and, and I, I went, well, I'm not planning on going anywhere, but okay, I get it. So, Yeah, so uh, that's the birth of the Institute. <laughs> that was that was the 
I had to be slapped upside the head as usual. To, I remember uh, uh, asking you early on before you had formed the Institute, um, if you had any kind of shadow program or something where we could come and observe you putting these methods to use on like a day in day out basis. And you were like, no, it would be really boring. <laughs> yeah. It's, yeah. You wouldn't see anything. <laughs> yeah. Which I didn't you, understand you, then, but I understand now. Because uh, you, I mean, you'd see me and the dog, and you wouldn't understand what's going on between. So right. there you go. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, that's that's fascinating. One of the things that I love about um, your courses, so so you mentioned uh, one of your workshops is called relationship relationship based behavior modification course, right? And yes. there's that that phrase gets tossed around so much in dog training, right? Yes. Especially it's it's a catchphrase now. It's a nice way to get people into, you know, into a consultation with you, right? Because mm -hmm. that sounds really nice. But one of the things that I love about um, that course, because that's the one that I've taken thus far, um, mm -hmm. is that it, it really does focus so much on perspective and it focuses so much on just shutting up and observing. And I think that's often very, very lacking in any relationship across the board, right? Whether it's yeah parent to child, significant others, like it, friends, all that kind of stuff is we get really, really selfish and bogged down. And, you know, your coursework actually does sort of put its money where your, where your mouth is essentially in that regard. Um, and that's one thing I really appreciate. So how did you come across like the concept? Cause one thing that you focus on a lot through that modality is like intent, for instance, right? Communicating your intent non-verbally, not with treats, not with anything, but literally what you have inside of yourself. How did you come to basically write that down and put it in a course and, you know, communicate that, right? Because that's something that you either got it or you don't, right? Um, yeah, initially, initially. I think that. everybody has it. Everybody yeah. has it, but you don't think about it, right? Well, you have it in your base brain, instinctual brain part, and mm -hmm. you, that gets clouded over by your cerebral cortex and neocortex because uh -huh. you want to be inside your own head instead of out there with the others. Mm -hmm. And so the whole, the design of that particular course, basically it's called a workshop because I happen to travel, but it's actually course one. Mm -hmm. And so course one of relationship-based behavior modification, which is frankly my system, that's what it's called, mm -hmm. um, is based on the relationship of you to the dog, not the dog to you. And that's the ma massive misunderstanding out there in the, in the dog world and you know, whether it's professionals or, or dog owners or whatever else is not understanding from the dog's point of view and presenting yourself in a way that's understandable to them. First of all, you have to understand them and mm -hmm. care about that. And I don't mean care as in love your dog. Sure. Uh, I'm talking about both intellectually, psychologically, and, and frankly, internally uh, understand them from a primal instinctual basis, because that's what they are. They're primal instinctual predators. Mm -hmm. And so, the whole point of that particular course is an introduction to understand the dog from a different, different viewpoint. Uh, and it's all about changing human perspective from an egocentric one to one that that 
that those animals have their own as valid, maybe more so, answers to the universe as we do. And so, you know, how do you how do you get a anthropomorphic, egocentric, um, you know, idiot human primate <laughs> to uh, mm-hmm. to acquiesce to what they feel is an inferior intellectual animal and simply see the point of view from their side of things. And that's what that course is really about is to, I, I just call it parting, parting curtains on the window to look out the other side sure. of the So that's the, that's the introduction of the concept. The other courses go into much more detail about how do you reach that animal and what does it mean to that animal and to you and the depth of connection and relationship you know, no one was talking about relationship, period. I never heard the word in the dog mm-hmm. world up until about four years ago when this started spreading a little bit. Mm-hmm. And then the word relationship was, once again, a catchphrase, overused and totally misunderstood. Mm-hmm. When, you, when, when it's the relationship of the dog to you, you command the dog, you want the dog to do X, that's not a relationship. It's a type of relationship. It's not the one I'm talking about. Mm -hmm. So there you go. Yeah. Yeah. It's a dysfunctional relationship, which usually leads to some dysfunction in the relationship. And then people have issues like their dog lunges at every dog it sees or tries to bite everyone that comes over. Yes. There's issues in the relationship. Yeah. Correct. And and the dog doesn't understand it from your viewpoint. Right. And will never because it doesn't have parts of the brains that we do. And thank God. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know, it's, it's always interesting too. just being in the pet world is like opening people's eyes to those little small pieces of perspective. Right. Um, so for instance, people are like, Oh, my dog barks at every person that walks by the house. I just want them to not do that. And I'm like, dude, Do you realize that if your dog lived out in the wild, so to speak, and it had its family unit, it had its pack, that if another dog crossed its territory by several miles, that would piss it off. Let alone the fact that we live in these hyper-dense localities where essentially like, and the fact that we invite people into our den is insane. So of course your dog's going to lose their mind when you're, you come in, when somebody comes in. Right. And a lot of times when you kind of frame it that way, people go, Oh, and they have a lot more empathy for their dogs because now they, they understand, right. That it's, it's not just about me and my perspective because their original perspective was, Ugh, I just want this to stop. Like, why, why can't they be like my friend's dog? And it's like, your friend's dog is an anomaly. That's why. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's, it's the push-button world. We, we are so, humans have become, in Western society, I'll put it this way, or, or in modern society, not even Western cultures, but Eastern cultures too. Uh, we have become so used to pressing a button and getting the answer. Yep. And, and we are so far removed from nature itself. Uh, and, you know, in every one of those courses, I ask, why do you have a dog? And only one time ever have I gotten an answer that was uh, the original reason why humans and dogs went together was to survive together 
because the guy happened to live out in the wild for a couple of years with his dog. Yeah. But he doesn't have that anymore. So therefore, uh, everybody else, they, they don't know why. It's okay. just, and, and the answer is because we're, we're, we have to have a natural connection somewhere. And that's why people want dogs, cats, birds, etc., is to make some connection with nature. And then we modify it to be how we want instead of how nature really is. And therein lie are the, the, those therein lies all the problems. Yeah. The miscommunication between species. It's not fault, guilt, blame, etc. That's a human concept. Yeah. It's simply the miscommunication between two species that live together. Yeah. That's it. That's it. What's um what's something that often either often or something that stood out to you as being very surprising to your students? Like what's something that often multiple people are like, I had no idea. <laughs> How smart their dogs really are. And <laughs> yep. And, and how, how well they make decisions on their own when they are allowed to, and you don't mess it up. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's so true. That's, that's, that's the first huge revelations that in course one, people are bawling, crying about they didn't realize how smart and how capable uh, capable their dog was. Yeah. Is that usually after follow the dog? Yes. Yeah. So uh, do you want to tell everybody briefly what follow the dog is? No, because I don't want them to do it wrong. <laughs> and, I, and I will. Yeah, <laughs> sure, sure, sure. Basically, it's this cool activity where... No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Go, take RBBM and you'll find out. Yeah. Um, it, but that, that makes a lot of sense because that's a that's definitely a, a really good perspective activity where it, it really gives you um, your dog's perspective for once. And y- yeah. you shut up. You shut up and you listen. You, you are following the dog. You are not. Mm-hmm. And you're, you are going by its decisions and choices. Yeah. So, so you're almost tagline for, uh, I don't know if this is entirely your tagline, but like I've heard people say, describe you as Nelson is the guy who says, shut up. If you want to listen to your dog, what do you think of like the people on the opposite end of the spectrum who talk to their dogs a lot? And that's kind of their modality is dogs can understand things at like the level of a three-year-old and those types of things. Um, yeah, do you think uh, that has a place? Uh, there. Okay, so so I will go a little in depth on this because my yeah and yeah I have a lot of um, I guess as you put it taglines but sayings uh, brief uh, comments that hopefully cut to the heart of the matter. Um, that's one thing I learned how to do almost fifty years ago was to cut to the heart of it. And brevity in words is very important on that. And so my saying that everybody has yeah, started using is, if you want to learn how to talk to your dog, shut your mouth. Mm-hmm. Now, words have meaning. And what I said was, if you want to learn how to talk to your dog, doesn't mean you don't. But if you want to learn how to talk to your dog, shut your mouth. That that requires you to use everything but your mouth to communicate to them. 
because they rarely use their verbal aspects to communicate. And mm -hmm. yet they have a very sophisticated, broad, and deep language that they communicate with each other and attempt to do so with us, uh, where we're the ones that fail that. Mm -hmm. And so are they capable of understanding about 500 to 550 different sounds and tonal values? Yes, they are. Once we use them in certain contexts consistently so that they can study them and see a, an associated action, behavior, mm -hmm. position, objects, whatever it is, yes, but they are not learning English, German, Japanese, Swahili, and they couldn't write a sentence. Mm -hmm. So here's clarity as contrast. Mm -hmm. And I want to be as clear as I possibly can with a dog because it's a different species. And so I hold my verbalities, in other words, my, my idiot human primate monkey chatter, um, until it is relevant to them and the situation to reinforce a situation. If it's not necessary to reinforce something, it just becomes monkey chatter blather. Mm -hmm. And to try to attempt for a dog to pick out of four paragraphs that you're just chattering one word that is relevant to it or one sound that's relevant to it, pick that out is trying to put too much on that dog when we could be, once again, brevity has, has its place. And so if you want to use a tonal value or a sound to reinforce other actions that you're doing and other behaviors to be clear about it, that's fine. So we, you know, trainers call it commands. It's really a request unless you force that dog to do that. You don't have a very good relationship. You're, you're forcing a dog to do it because dogs will do anything you ask of them if you have the right relationship. Yeah. And I've proved it for 40 years now. So. You know, I think that's also true too, in terms of being brief when you're trying to teach somebody another human something, right? Like if we sit here and go down every possible avenue of how to do one specific thing or how to teach a dog something or how to modify our, our behavior, right? There's so many different aspects that you can consider when you're trying to implement change between yes. several species, right? And if you sit there and you talk about it forever, eventually half that shit gets lost, if not more. People only remember a few key things. Yes. So, you know, it's, it's, like the, it's like the book we wrote, uh, Defensive Living. We did 10 chapters. It was 10 tips. And if you remember three of them, you're probably better off. And that's yeah. all it was about. Yeah. Nice. I like that. I like that so, a lot. I didn't know. So I know you've, you've done a lot of things in your life, right? Like you're an architect, you're a musician. Um, tell me more a little bit about this book. How did you come to write this book? Well, actually, I was one of the uh, three main contributors to it. Okay. I, did, I did not personally write it. Uh, the author is Bo Hardy. Um, Bo is a friend of mine. He was actually my martial arts instructor for many years. That's cool. Uh, another friend of mine, also a um, 
I don't want people to misunderstand this. At fifth degree and above in our system, you're considered master level. That's what you're called. And, uh, and it takes most of a lifetime to get to that point. There's no, <laughs> there's no belts given out. The average getting to a black belt, if you last that long, and you actually make it to it is eight years minimum to the first level. Wow. It takes about 15 to 20 years to make it to the third degree level, mm. which then you are finally considered a beginning instructor. Wow. So it's serious <laughs> stuff. It is not a sport and um, there's very few of us. So the three of us with another, uh, another one of our guys, uh, we began studying and writing the book back in 1987, and it took about four years of writing, editing, etc. And it was finally originally published out of my architecture office. That's cool. And so, so that was 1991. It was reissued a few years later. Hasn't been updated by technology, you know, phone, cell phones, stuff like that since that time, but. What it did was it changed the face of assault prevention. Everybody stole literally chapters out of it to claim their own book. And uh, that's why we put it out there. We could have had banks of attorneys going all over the world suing people. And we thought, why? You know, we yeah. just put it there. So it's good information. Let's people have it. It's going to help. Yeah. yeah. It also helps you understand predator prey. Mm -hmm. So profound. <laughs> Yeah. Well, that's all the time we have for this episode. Nelson, thank you so much for being on the show. If you guys want to, if y'all. Real quick. Okay, Nelson, what up? You have to tell people that RBVM is online now. <gasps> it is? Yes. Um, how can yeah, they find that? How can you find that? Okay. Well, that's that's actually the, the website, which is uh, chrinstitute.com. Uh, has the schedule of those. The first two classes, the first one is already in, uh, we've already had a couple of classes. So that's that's closed. The second one is sold out. It's also closed. Um, the third one, I will You're be- You're a great salesman, Nelson. <laughs> <laughs> Good luck getting the spot. <laughs> uh, I'm not a salesman. Uh, not a marketer. Not a marketer. Um, so, um, yeah, so what, what I'm going to do is announce a third start of a third class, cool. um, uh, for the course. And it's, it's across eight different days rather than we try to cram everything that you're going to get into, um, into the normal, you know, 24 hour, three day RBBM course. Uh, we're going to cram that within about eight day period. And uh, there's exercises that you will have to do uh, on your own, video them and share them back with us. We do it online, uh, Zoom mm -hmm. meet, meeting. So, yeah, there. I'm so far, I'm happy with uh, with how it's going on the first one. They they, they knew they were going to be the experiment. And we've got people from California to the Ukraine going through That's great. it. Second one, we've got a bunch of people in Europe and the U.S. and Canada. So That's great. Nice. Is through the Institute's website also the best place for people to get in contact with you if they have more specific questions or if they want to do your other coursework? 
Yeah, they can they can send an inquiry to to the the uh, emails there on the, the website. The best probably the best person to talk to is actually Angela Luke uh, with the institute. I love her. Or Courtney. Yeah, Courtney's <laughs> part of the institute too, so you can bug her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're she, not she, in contact with us here. <laughs> yeah, she's she's a larva in training. In yes. training. <laughs> yes. A developing. <laughs> I'm a developing larva, everyone. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Yeah. And you look a little grubby to me. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I don't know if he's going to turn out to be a butterfly or a moth. <laughs> <laughs> Only time will sell. <laughs> well, thank y'all so much for listening. We really appreciate y'all. And Nelson, again, thank you so much for agreeing to come on the show. Like I said, if you all want to um, continue listening to us, we're going to get into some really cool stuff on the Patreon episode. Go to patreon.com slash super serious dog podcast. You can message us there. You get extra content. Um, and uh, cool stories from Nelson. Nelson's a really good storyteller, so just you wait. <laughs> We're going to have more time, so it's going to be able to like really dig into stuff. Um, if you guys want to just send us an email, have topic suggestions, um, want to just share how great we are, right? You can, remember, you can write reviews. You can email us at superseriousdogpodcast at gmail.com um, and just spread the word. Help us grow. Bye. Yeah. Bye, everybody. Bye.